0: Welcome, citizens. You're listening to New Amsterdam
1: Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now.
2: Welcome, citizens. Thanks again for rocking with me. Another episode of New Amsterdam Radio. It is I, Flobo Boys, of course, the mayor the Forever Mayor? Is that, does that sound positive? I think it is. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another episode, another bonus episode of New Amsterdam Radio, part of the New Amsterdam Network. Learn more about that network at newamsterdam.com. K-N-A-W-A-M-S-E-R-D-A-M And, well, this summer is still going slow for me as I recover from my knee injury. I've gotten to thinking about my health and what that means for me uh member today especially in the future. and so the fact that i come from a household where my mom was a nurse and i'm dealing with my knee injury my mind has been swirling about medical advancements and biotech and all that. so today's episode is a treat I've got to sit down with members of the bio network to talk about the decentralization of your medical information. before i do just want to say as always Thank you so much. You have so many other options for your podcast, your entertainment, uh, your your comedy, your music, but you choose to rock with me. And if you still want to support, there's two ways to do that. Patreon.com slash You can unlock bonus episodes and content like my book club, Flopito's book club. It's worth a skim and more. That's patreon.com slash And if you don't want to do that, you want to buy a t-shirt or mug, you can over at Flopito. That's F-L-O-B-I-T-O dot Threadless dot com. Flopito dot Threadless dot com. But without any further ado, here's my chat with the leadership group of The Bio Network. Welcome back to the Sam Radio, the podcast for creatives, thinkers, and doers. It is I, a voice the mayor, in the mayor's office. And, well, I want to say over the past couple of weeks, we've been a lot of interest about some of the issues and some of the topics we have in the show, namely about yourself, about the health aspect of things. And so we have, again, the leadership team from the Bio Network here once again to discuss a little bit more how important that is. So along with these things you become an in-house expert when it comes to things like this. How are you doing, interesting? Are you good? I am good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Yeah, the shirt's great. The shirt's hey, great, but <laughs> she is not alone. I'd like to introduce to you one of the advisors here, Poppy Sepsiani of DBio Network. How are you doing, Poppy? Hi, I'm good here. <laughs> nice Excellent. To be with you, yeah, nice to be with great. you, too. <laughs> and not to be outdone, the chief scientist of DBio Network, Ibn Gamal Abadi. How are you doing, sir?
0: I'm doing great. Thank
2: you for having me here. Oh, it's always a pleasure. So let's get down to brass tacks, the nitty gritty. I was on the d Network website this week, and it said, quote, it's the anonymous first app chain for medical and bioinformatics data. And that was a mouthful. Let me start with you, Yabedou. What does that mean to me? Joe Laley. Joe Laley. You know, Joe Layman, I should say. <laughs>
0: So basically you can you can uh sequence your dna uh but you can do it in uh in secret uh, to to save least you can you can have your uh, dna sequence and then you can uh then stake it to have uh, 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 uh so that uh you can participate in uh, uh what we call the, the data marketplace and uh, in return, you will get uh, the dbio token as a subsidy. Mm. I know that mm. uh, the NSC is not, is not very cheap. That's why in the dbio network gives the user uh, the bio token as a subsidy to, uh, let's say, to mm, uh, subsidize the, the money that you uh, pay for the test.
2: Yeah. That,
0: that 11, okay
2: so, uh, these let me ask you this. As someone who is a curator of good things, we're talking about data marketplaces before, but when it comes to bioinformatics, how is that different? And what's, what is the nuance of that?
1: So, uh, here's, here's the thing. Um, the current biomedical system is uh, when you actually sequence your genes and you use these uh, personal genetics testing companies. I'm not going to mention names, but you, all of you know uh, what they are. <laughs> Big bio anyway right. <laughs> uh these companies uh, have deals and some of them are like partially owned by uh, pharmacogenetics companies which uh who actually utilize uh, your dna for research and uh this is mostly you know good research of course creating new medicine uh, new treatment mo- mo- uh, modes computer-aided drug design um, uh, but they monetize upon it in a way that doesn't flow back to you Uh, Because when you uh, have sequenced your genes and get, like, this pretty report of, like, where your ancestry is from, like, uh, your lineage is from, um, that data is, uh, in most cases, relinquished to these labs. And uh, that's even not even taking into factor the fact that uh, a lot of these companies have your KYC as well. And not just your DNA, but your DNA paired with your KYC. So there are a few problems with this that we that we see. First of all, is the issue of leaks. Uh, leaks can happen. Leaks do happen. Leaks have happened. Uh, leaks are Googleable. Um, uh, so <laughs> I'm not gonna mention again. Not gonna mention names.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so at least one genetic testing company, personal genetic testing company, uh, commercial genetic testing company has been leaked, and that's that's that was, uh, that, was that was really bad. Here's the thing uh if you're an insurance company and you get access to the set of data and you know that um hypno for example is going to have a heart attack right, He's like, right. you don't know, you're not okay <laughs> i don't know right. But, right. but if um that's or, that's, say, okay.
0: or say i have I, I have a chance to develop a, a cancer let's say for that some, yeah right yeah. that's yeah for that, example uh i have a chance to develop a blood cancer later on in my uh, later age. And then uh, we know that uh, I ma- might have the chance to onset the cancer, but I also have uh, another chance not to uh, onset. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have, it might onset, but I also have the chance it might not onset okay. the cancer. So that, that's but of, the insurance yeah. company will uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. The insurance company will have the power to adjust your premium based on that. Even though okay. you you might not have that disease in future, but they have right. the power to adjust the premium uh, according to your genetic test. That's it.
1: Right. So that's one one part of it. Insurance companies and other companies basically utilizing this set of data, which is related to your KYC, to actually tweak uh, some things about your premium, the way you're paying. Uh, The other part of it is your data is still being monetized by, uh, by people that you relinquish your data to. And I'm not saying this is a practice for all companies. Some companies are trying to do better. But I think it's uh, uh I think what well, we think is a problem with the way the system itself is constructed, uh, the way personal genetics companies are constructed, is that they provide a service only, in terms of actually, get, uh, in terms of getting you access to your DNA. But after that, the question becomes who monetizes that set of data? Um, um, the leading uh, personal genetics company. Uh, in the world, has a really high market cap, really, really high. I'm not going to mention the market cap because it would automatically be Googleable. <laughs> but like, sure, sure, sure. sure. The, the really high market cap because of that data ownership, and uh, that's that's sort of the issue here. Um, so, at the same time, we cannot get rid of data monetization because researchers actually need that set of data. So, uh, bio is an entire system, end to end, that allows you to monetize your genetic data without providing access to your KYC, which is which actually is uh, what, you know, our, our sort of mouthful on the website, anonymous app chain for uh, genetic. and Yeah, that's, that's sort of where we're headed with that. Um, the idea is to actually allow you to be uh, anonymous while uh, your genetic data remains yours. You can sequence it then you can sell it on a data marketplace without anyone actually getting access to your KYC and not even having access to your um, actual genetic data. So uh, you can, they can only get uh, run algorithms on like the genetic data that you put in, but they never actually get access to the genetic data. Uh, So that's sort of what we're trying to do. Hmm. And um, yeah, uh, we've we've raised several rounds of investment and uh, we're, uh, we have uh, operations in Singapore. Currently, uh, we're uh, active in Singapore as Dowgenix LPD, which is a limited liability company. Um, yeah, anyway, I, I got overwhelmed there. So I'm going to, you know, that's, I, I hope that answers.
2: So this question is for you, Poppy. I know that there is a, a lot of, of biotech and, and medtech uh, solutions out there, and a lot of times they're, they're, they're more ideas than actual solutions. And so when okay. you were asked to be part of the advisory board for DeepBio, what was one of the things that you had to make sure, you made sure that it was, was of sound science, of sound knowledge to make sure that DeepBio is underpinned by something valid?
3: Right. So, maybe I can start from that. Genetic information is very privacy, it's very personal. But from the customer perspective, uh, we want it to be secure. It has to be uh, private uh, and then uh, it has to be safe for us. So, there's no discrimination if our d- genetic information is open up, uh, maybe open up for the uh, company or, or some other people for the sake of the money. And for a researcher perspective for example for me that uh, in, uh, with our colleagues who wants to study uh, for example a new development of drug discovery and then therapy and then uh, some biotechnology here some in the medical field to treat some patients of uh, some cancer or for example, the simple one, the type two diabetes, something like that. We need that information of such um, genetic information of uh, certain populations or some populations. So actually we need like big data to be incorporated, to be analyzed. uh, In this case that we can find out uh, the cause uh, of the disease, uh, which is actually, Rely is uh, uh, part of the segment of our DNA in our genome that what that what we want to identify, which probably pinpoint some of the diseases uh, that is uh, going to be uh, important for us to 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 develop a new drugs, for example, something like that. So that is um, from the researcher perspectives of um, getting such data. Uh, from the marketplace uh, and of course it is has to be the consent of uh, The customer it's a customer decision whether they want to share their data or not and then we actually uh, Didn't need some detailed information about the QIC, about where they live about what they uh, Looks like what maybe some basic information like um, age or uh, um, Race, for example, Asian or Caucasian or African, something like that, because it's a part of the genetics analysis.
2: And and so, when this idea was sent to you about having this this layer of protection and privacy, it was definitely something that you want to go into or something that you that's has he broken down. Like to me, as a as a layperson listening, I think it's all great. You know, it's all oh, great, yeah. I don't want the big tech looking at my genomes. It's like seeing me naked. You know what I'm saying? But like I guess the, there's a bit of convenience there of saying, Oh, I just get up, I just go down to the corner and I I, I do my thing. And so let's like an education process of to tell people the importance of of, mm-hmm. of that, right? Poppy?
3: Right. But actually you can be like um you can you can get information about yourself but also you can contribute to the humanity for example to contribute on the research or clinical uh studies on uh, uh, in the medical field to 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 find a new gene therapy something like that so you still to you know yourself, but you can also contribute something to humanity. It's, it's I think it's really important. But the point is that you can keep that information secure. And it's just uh, you don't need to be afraid that it will be sold to uh, a big company who wants to take for, uh, you know, any profit uh, from your genetic information, something like that.
2: Sure. Uh, and this wasn't for you, you talked about uh, how there are leaks possible for other companies and I know security is first and foremost at the BIOS. Is there any other uh, things you've done to, to fortify the security aspect of your operation? Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. uh
0: It has something to do with uh, what Pandu uh, said earlier, uh, privacy computing. Right? So we have this aggregated data set of uh, genetic population and we have this data buyer. Let's say uh, some uh, biopharma company, right? This biopharma company wants to develop a drug, a new drug, uh, uh, and they want to uh, use uh, the bios aggregated data set. So they will set the algorithm to the bio, so that the bio can run that algorithm algorithm in our aggregated set. and then we'll and then we'll will then send the result to that uh, biopharma company. So uh, it will help uh, uh, that uh, biopharma company to develop drug faster, cheaper, and safer. That's it. Okay. Right. That that's uh-huh. a, that's another layer. Uh, 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 that's another layer on top of anonymity and then we add privacy computing to, uh, to secure like, uh, the, the privacy of our, uh, consumer. I don't want to add something to it.
2: Well, th- th- that's awesome. And the fact that you guys have thought that out, like, cause, okay. Cause I feel like when it comes to, to new app applications, we always say, Oh yeah, we're secure. And a lot of companies, they are. But there is a little bit of a personal element. I mean, this is not someone showing you like you know suggestive photos of themselves. It's like them from the inside out <laughs> on no, no, a no, molecular level. So right, right, the right, fact true. that you, you're pushing that's great.
1: So yeah, I think uh, I think that that's key, uh, and uh, privacy computing, as Igno mentioned, is really really key uh, to our method. Um, but like even from the decentralization perspective, global uh, the way we Decentralize uh, the ownership of the data so that uh, everything everyone has like sovereign ownership that actually helps uh, reduce the risk of hacking uh, simply because um, these types of data are usually vocal points for uh, for for hackers uh, Because it's KYC linked to DNA. So it's actually very expensive when you're selling it Um, There's an article should send you this article. But like this article uh, says that a single patient record, and this is just patient records without the genomes, uh, is about one thousand dollars in the black market. And that's just the EMR mm-hmm. not related to genes. Uh, and uh, genes, uh, there's not. There has been some leaks, of course. But like uh, you know, selling in the black market is like uh, depends on like the person, of course, and the KYC quality and also data quality. But the there there are rewards. For a hacker to hack a centralized database, that is a lot higher than a hacker hacking a decentralized system. So, if you hack a centralized database, you get the entire stack of data, all of the tables, right? Uh, all of the KYCs, all of the DNAs. Uh, but when uh, it's a decentralized environment, uh, even if a hacker tries to hack it, they'll only get like a small piece of it, just an individual piece probably not even get one. Like, it's the, that's sort of, like, the underlying foundation of security. But also, as, as Ibnu mentioned, privacy computing in which we allow people to analyze their data on our premises, yeah. we run basically their algorithms, uh, also means that they don't have to download. Like, in fact, they cannot download the data, but they can do operations on the set of bioinformatics data that we gather.
2: Uh, as as a chief chief executive what's been the biggest challenge of getting uh, people on board with something that's definitely in their best interest to to have their stuff privatized
1: so a lot of people are uh in terms of onboarding woes uh this is a new concept for both the labs and also for uh the users so um we're not creating our own labs our mm-hmm. idea is to create a platform between labs and users. So, smaller labs can get onboarded and basically use us as a digital storefront to sell their goods. So, uh, they don't have to become like, uh, you know, they don't have to develop their own storefront. They can use their own storefront and take payment in crypto, basically, a simple step. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, from the other perspective, uh, users, in terms of actually getting them onboarded, we're actually getting a ton of interest, uh, a lot of interest already in terms of the users actually coming in. So uh, we're, we're not seeing a lot of problems with that. Uh, the labs, we also have a lot of discussions uh, that, like, the, currently a lot of them are, like, uh, the, the ones that are more interested are the smaller labs um, because they don't have, like, their own capability to create a digital storefront. They usually just do uh, things like sort of like a in a, in a, in a garage band right. sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's sort of the, so that's, that's sort of why, um, our model actually works that way because, uh, when we actually onboard smaller labs, um, and then, uh, we have many labs, uh, around many localities, uh, we'd be able to achieve the same scale of operations as the bigger boys without actually having, you know, just one big lab.
2: Right. And, and and there's like a, I guess, a lab certification process there. Maybe, Poppy you could talk about that just to make sure the integrity of the labs that you're sending information to. I mean, how's that process, the vetting of, of the laboratories? Poppy?
3: Yeah, there is some kind of a criteria that we need to be uh, verified from the testing lab. So, uh, of course, they have they need to be to have that kind of technology on sequence, the genome, and then some of some certain criteria, for example, if you live in United States, you will choose uh, the closest one to you. If I live in Singapore, I will choose that the lab that is closest one to me in Singapore, for example, like that. And then also some, um, for example, uh, certain uh, requirement, well, to make sure that the data that has been de- generated by the lab is in a good quality, so it it, it is really important to verify it and then also to you know uh, to see what kind of certificate that lab has uh, own uh, for their testing uh, uh, purposes, something like that.
2: Yeah, and I, I guess you guys have to recertify to make sure everyone stays mm-hmm. in line mm-hmm. or stays, stays compliant. Right. Say <laughs> Stay the compliant. Uh-huh. Yeah, because uh, information <laughs> Yeah, I can,
1: I can uh, from like the tech perspective, uh, we uh, we are creating a collaboration, we have a collaboration with something called the KILP protocol. Uh, KILP is a decentralized blockchain but focuses on actually doing KYC. Mm-hmm. So uh, even though uh, the platform is anonymous first for the users, it's never anonymous first for the labs. The labs are, KYC, the labs are certified and uh, we have uh, the KILP, uh token curated attestors, uh, which is a system basically to help us, like to help labs create other labs and bring them into the ecosystem. Um, we have that in place and uh, at launch.
2: Yeah. And so the, the re-certification process is just make sure like what every year, every couple months, you just check in and see if it's up to your standards. And if they're not, you make sure that they are in compliance.
1: Mm. And the idea would be based on uh, sort of the recording of the. Uh, so um, here, there is something that, like, uh, you can't really do with the current system. Like with the with the like without without the bio, you sure. can't really certify that if you've sent your uh, sample to lab X, you wouldn't be able to certify that. Oh, this is actually my DNA. All right, right? because yeah, because that that lab knows you don't have like your own sequencer. You don't really have your own like people to actually do the like the analysis, so uh, that's sort of uh, a weakness uh, in the current system. So in the DIBAO model, you can actually send uh, your sample to two labs at once, and then like uh, uh, the the system basically this is a planned feature will compare between the two labs and basically determine like oh uh, so whether if the sample is totally different like the the, the the analysis of the same sample is totally different than something is up top. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. Of course it could be on the lab side, it could be on the sampler side, of course. So that is resampled. This is actually basing, uh, this is actually creating sort of the reputation of the labs and the labs which have like also like bad reputation and bad reputation can also be like non-response slow response, uh, not uh, being able to deliver on time, uh, non-timeliness, um, and reports directly from user, for example, that the reports are not up to par. That reputation system is what triggers basically a real audit of, uh, of the lab skills.
2: Ah, I, I understand now. That. that makes a lot more sense about uh, how your business does stick out. Um, well, a question for you, even, i got to ask you from the te- technical side of it. This thing is cutting edge. Uh, so don't you worry, is there any bit of concern about the the, the big guys peering over your shoulder and, and trying to make their own path to doing something what you're doing? Like, What's been your way to keep what you're doing unique?
1: So uh, if they try to create it and they do it like one of those nameless entities actually tried to do it, that would mean that they would still have only one lap. Okay, so um, anonymity on their end, but like one lab on this end, which means actually they already, they will have the entire aggregated data set and mm. they would be able to monetize it themselves. Uh, with us, the labs actually, all of the labs that are participating only have like one piece of the entire data pie. Mm. Um, and even though we have an aggregated set of data, we will never have access to the KYC. Uh, so that removes the linkage to KYC. Whereas uh, a lot of these companies, uh, like even if they try doing it, they wouldn't be as decentralized as us. And in this case, decentralization is really good. It's not an optional thing. I think it is actually something that 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 needs to be done to ensure that you know the ownership of rights, the ownership rights, of data is is maintained.
2: So this question is for you, Poppy. Uh, we talk about this this great idea. Of, of giving you a layer of protection of having uh, your, your genetic testing done with a decentralized system. But we haven't really talked about the human element. Like, why would someone go out of their way to do that? I mean, if, if everyone can can go to Google and figure out themselves 100% medically. No, but why would, why would anyone decide to, to, to sequence their genomes?
3: Because it can be like a prevention uh, for you, for probably, we don't know, we are in a probably, uh, our generation inherited some CD genes from our parents, we you don't know, so uh, probably you develop already as any symptoms, for example, having a developing cancer or, or kind of type 2 diabetes, for example, you want to know uh, your blueprint through your DNA through your genome so that you can uh, make a prevention plan Uh, not to having that destiny of having, for example, type two diabetes, for example, or uh, you can make a prevention plan. Uh, For example, you need to uh, eat some uh, good food, uh, good diets if you have higher risk of having cancer. That is, uh, we already know, Our DNA it probably make us more aware uh, of what kind of for example therapy or what to avoid for example you can have uh, allergic reaction of some drugs or medicine so in this case you already you know you're not uh, just give up with your faith Uh, you have you can change something for example, not to have the diabetes, not to have that um, cancer by uh, having um, good diet or some uh, therapy that is uh, suit and customized only for you. For example, like that. That is the that is the why, actually. But most people are afraid to know their destiny. For example, <laughs> they don't they don't want to know. Uh, their DNA because they don't want to know what I'm going to have in the future. So I just live like this and I'm just gonna live my life like this. So whatever happened in the future, I don't want to know. For example, there are some people like that, it's okay. But if you want to to be more, uh, you know, um, uh, I'm quite sure the knowledge that we have will keep us uh, in the good track of um, uh, in this life, for example, having good, quality of life for having good, um, for having good, um, you know, health conditions, for example, like that.
2: And, and is it safe? And do you recommend people do it as well?
3: It's very easy because you just need, we just need you know, the testing lab, just need your saliva from, from mm. your mouth. Just uh, put it in a sample kit and then send it. So it's, it's not invasive. I mean, it's very safe and then, they will uh, uh, collect your samples and then put it in some um, uh, device, which is um, what we call next generation sequencer. And then, then they will read your DNA segment. You have mm-hmm. around 3 giga pair. You only have four letter, up to 80 GC. That mm-hmm. four letter is the code of your life. That four letter consists of you know three giga uh, in size, so uh, and every person has different uh, combination of that four letter, which is uh, could be the genetic variations that probably will um, you know you can be you can be uh, for example if you have one DNA it is in the letter A. For a normal person probably the sick person will be in the letter of t that's what 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 we want to know so this is um kind of information where you will know whether you possess any risk of certain disease or inherited disease just simple as that so don't worry about that you won't get any, uh, you know, you don't, we we don't withdraw your blood or something like that. You just need uh, something simple from your mouth. It's the cell of your mouth. And then uh, that's enough samples for your DNA. And then the lab testing will do the rest. You just wait for the data come to you.
2: Questions for you and if you then, I mean, if it seems simple and it can give you so many benefits, I don't see why you wouldn't want to do it. Uh, I guess it looks like if this is a a situation now, unlike the big tech where they can use it uh, for nefarious purposes, it seems almost like you, it's almost like a good idea to do it. What's been the hesitation for some people?
0: Uh, Well, in my opinion, they are afraid to know what uh, the future holds for them. So some people uh, are not ready to know that kind of information. It's it's scary to to know what uh, illness that you have inside your body that will develop later in future. That uh, what scares most people. But uh, the advantage of doing digital it's is, uh, you know, out, out oh, like uh, it's it, it's even better for you to sequence your DNA because you, as Poppy said earlier, you will have you, you will care uh, for things that might happen to you in future. So you will be uh, even more ready to face it like that. That's, that's, that's my uh, two cents on it. In fact, uh, it's, it's, it's very easy, Poppy said to me, uh, back then uh, when we started this project, she only, uh, she will only uh, sequence her DNA if the bio is uh, (laughs) uh, 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 in service, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, one of the most things that uh, people are afraid. Mm -hmm. Because Poppy is a lecturer of the largest, uh, the biggest university in Indonesia. She's the lecturer of bioinformatics, so she knows what, uh, you know, uh, it is better for you to, to sequence your DNA, but in private. So the right. bio comes with that uh, solution, right? right? If uh, the lecturer of bioinformatics said that, I will follow. Once <laughs> right. the bio is on, I will sequence my DNA too. In uh, the bio's
2: ecosystem.
3: Maybe I'm the first customer, uh, then. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the as a faith in your product,
3: and also I can analyze my own data actually.
2: <laughs> that's, that's anonymous, yeah. <laughs> right? Surreal. <laughs> right. uh, DZ, uh, as the Chief Executive, has there been any early success stories or wins or winning people over to the concept of bio as its maturity?
1: Um, We have won uh, several awards at the beginning of the year. Uh, we won at ETH Denver, uh, which is the largest Ethereum uh, largest Ethereum event, uh, of the year, I think, um, and, and, uh, we won two awards. Uh, one is the IPFS award for identity, and the other is the United Nations SDG award, uh, for, um, sustainability. Um, we have also become, like, of course, like, if you count fundraising as successes, we have raised, uh, 250K our seed round uh, and uh, we're currently raising a strategic round and we've already raised around 100k uh, for that uh, and we're still raising there, so there's actually a lot of interest from the investors as well um, and uh, from the technology stack perspective after being on ethereum uh, we this is very techy but like we moved over to uh, the substrate blockchain within two months then we moved over again, not moved over, but like we re-implemented the entire thing on something called the Octopus Network. So we effectively have shifted and expanded our our technology stack um, within only uh, like, within only two to three months, uh, moving from Ethereum to uh, other blockchains. And uh, yeah, and we've we've been doing a lot of, We've been we've been having a lot of media coverage as well. Uh, CNBC Indonesia has covered us. Uh, we have uh, a lot of uh, news outlets cover us as well. So I count that as the profit as well. Um, yeah, that's that's sort of sort of what we're focusing on. Uh, and uh, we are launching uh, the actual uh, token that is related to the bio. Uh, that's going to be in September. Uh, that's planned. And I think that's something that we're finalizing for now. But like
2: from the previous successes, we're quite uh, certain that that's going to be a success as well. One of the coolest uh, features of, of the bio testing is, is the electronic medical records. Uh, I know when I was, I don't go to the doctor uh, frequently. So I know my information's all over the place. And one doctor is talking to this doctor and his network's upon networks. I guess you talked to me more about that. What does that look like to the end user uh, being able to access your electronic medical records?
1: So here's the thing um the the idea behind current electronic medical records uh and there's a controversy about this is uh, there's a conflict of ownership rights between patients and physicians um patients demand that they g- be given ownership of their medical records while physicians actually claim that they're the rightful owners of the medical records because they see it as work result and it must may- remain protected under intellectual property law um and each country this is actually different but like in, in indonesia Actually, it's decided. The ownership of medical records resides within the patients and uh, it's only put within the hospital servers for convenience. Okay, So um, so anyway, the, the way we are actually doing electronic medical records is sort of different from like the other uh, blockchain solutions that are, that are doing that in yeah. that we are doing it in a user-first perspective. So if you already have like um, your own medical records that you want to upload into the blockchain, you put it in the blockchain and you secure it that way and you ensure that Oh, this is what I got. This is what I received. and uh, you, can, you can anonymize it yourself. Like you, you basically edit it, edit out your name, etc., and make sure that uh, like um, it's still connected to you as your set of data, and, and uh, you basically can can send over to like you can prove that oh this is this is my set of data, I own it. I have ask for uh, a second opinion of, mm-hmm. uh, to a doctor, to a doctor that is also certified on like the bio, uh, um, the same kill token created, attester, the tester, the KYC thing. So right. uh, imagine, well, what was it, WebMD? What's the website? Yeah. WebMD, you, you look
2: up all your symptoms and they tell you you're gonna right. die.
1: With your symptoms, you give like, you, you can, so imagine that, but like it's blockchain. So basically you can give your symptoms, you can give your entire EMR, you edit out your own name. Make sure it's anonymous. Make sure it cannot be traced back to you. It's uploaded there, and then you give a bounty. Like uh, I'm gonna give you like uh, 500 bucks if you can tell me tell me what's wrong with me. And uh, yeah. that that is that can be an escrow, a smart contract. A real doctor, uh, as in someone who is actually certified by KILT to be in that specialty, can give his or her opinion and claim the bounty. So uh, that's sort of a very different way of doing electronic medical records. Of course, the hospital is are still keeping the records. Still, it's still on their end. But at least since the patients have a copy, the aggregation of the data is done with this system. Because, like, you, you probably have, like, not just one, but like, you have multiple medical records that are spread throughout multiple hospitals, right? Except right. if you live in Singapore. Because Singapore actually aggregates their data themselves. Which causes problems that data was hacked in 2018. Singapore oh, was wow. hacked. Because wow. it's a centralized system, right? Again, the centralization problem of, of, of these medical records is that it's precious, it's, it's also very valuable. Hackers hack it. Happened in 2018, very Googleable, you guys can search it, very public. The prime minister's data even got hacked because the prime minister was part of that electronic medical records thing as well. So anyway, wow. so, so right now your medical data is probably Unaggregated, it's not aggregated. So, uh, you were born in a different hospital. You move cities, global. I know. Mm-hmm. So, you have like several hospitals that are like you. you know I, I don't. I, I'm not saying you get sick much, but for medical right. checkup, right? Right.
2: Um.
1: Now, uh, <laughs> imagine our solution first as sort of a personal medical journal where you, uh, where you uh, have your own health records, but then afterwards you can utilize it to uh, request for a second opinion uh, from a physician that uh, can be from the other side of the world, but you know that they're a physician because, you know, it's already curated by Kilt, and then you mm-hmm. can basically pay them through this system as well. So it's an entirely different system from, like, the rest of the bio that we've been talking about. Um, it's an exciting part of our solution as well. Uh, and it uses the same infrastructure, uh, sort of, uh, and uh, maintains anonymity in the same way.
2: With so many things being offered for the DeBio uh, network in your, in your app, how does the end user get involved? How can they sign up? How can they learn more? How can they get on board with your technology there, new
0: Okay, uh, basically, uh, users can uh, download the decentralized app and then they could generate the uh, public key and private key for themselves. And then they, uh, let's say I'm a user, I'm going to have a uh, my, my DNA sequence So I'm going to uh, download the decentralized application. I'm going to log in anonymously without KYC at all. So I'm going to generate public key and private key at the same time. And then I'm going to uh, opt for uh, the type of service that I want to do to my DNA. Let's say I'm going to to have a whole genome sequencing and then I'm going to pay for that service. But before I pay for that service, I opt I choose the closest lab from my uh, location, and then mm. I'm going to simply uh, and then I'm going to simply swap my buckle, uh, my, my my cheek, the inside of my cheek, and then I'm going to put that uh, DNA sample into an envelope, and then I'm going to uh, write down a let's say a code. It's, it's similar to like a Swiss bank account. It's only a number that. Uh, that identifies you since you're you're not putting any KYC over there that number represents you as a customer and then after that you're going to send that uh sample DNA sample into the closest lab that you chosen that you have chosen earlier that chosen lab will then uh uh uh, run a quality control this if it's uh uh if it's up to R in terms of quality, uh, then uh, the lab could proceed with these uh, sequencing. After that, lab could upload the uh, genomic data of the user of my DNA into back into the, the uh, decentralized. And then uh, the the app will ask me as a user whether or not I'm going to stake my genomic data into the aggregated data set that, I'm, uh, that we're going to uh, put on the ocean markets, like that. Mm-hmm. In return, if I say yes, the data stacking, I will have, uh, I will be given uh, the bio token from the bio now. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh Yeah, yeah, S- sounds great. I like the fact that uh, there is an onboarding yeah. path to get more involved with it. Yeah. <clears throat> so we are in two thousand twenty-one. Hopefully. The global pandemic is behind us, crossing fingers. Uh, but that was really a, a, a wake-up call to see how information uh, could be used to prevent something like this, or could it be used to influence something. It's interesting, let me ask you this. And when it comes to health crises uh, that go beyond the individual, how can the bio really play an instrumental role in helping with that?
1: The pandemic isn't over in our area of the world. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> sort of Indonesia is still locked down, so you guys are lucky. Um, but yeah, I, I think what if the, uh, one of the things that Deepayo can help with is, uh, of course, in terms of testing, right? We need more testing and we need more high quality testing as well. Uh, the way we do testing now still requires us to leave our houses. Yes, there are uh, types of quick tests that, that are available. And uh, those those can be done by yourself, but like uh, uh, there might be like uh, other tests that are related to the disease that can be uh, uh, done through the bio. Um, so uh, that is actually another part of this. Um, we What we created is sort of an infrastructure for people to send in samples, biological samples, and receive results in return, right? Like, yeah, the result, could be DNA. It could also be, oh, you're positive for COVID or you're at high risk for COVID. Um, and uh, anything that can be sampled by yourself, DIY, is something that uh, can uh, use, this, use this system. So um, um, anything that relates to that uh, would be very interesting in terms of actually, uh, you know, uh, helping people get tested and helping more people get tested without actually leaving the house. Uh, staying at home uh, and not risking themselves going to the hospital to get tested. And secondly, um, the idea uh, of the bio uh, is to allow people to not get uh, like uh, okay. So so because of the pandemic, a lot of people are avoiding going to the hospitals because uh, they're scared. A lot of people mm. are scared. Um, uh, mm. And it could be like you, you can argue whether it's rational or irrational fear, but uh, like the hospitals are where like you know the COVID patients are as well. Yeah. So um, a lot of that's what a lot of people are thinking. So um, they they don't do medical testing, they have medical checkups which you should do once a year. Um, they they don't do don't do any of the things that they need to do uh, to ensure that they're healthy. Um, so. Uh, actually using uh, the, uh, the bio for actually, first of all, um, genetic testing, uh, knowing exactly uh, where you're at risk at and then uh, uh, basically, you know, um, 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 uh, changing your lifestyle to fit and, and avoid uh, the issues. And secondly, basically doing testing that is uh, required, um, like the medical checkups that can be done at home, uh, all of these things that, uh, that can, be, uh, uh, can be tested. Um, can actually uh, help people survive the pandemic better, uh, even without you know leaving the house. Uh, and this is not just for COVID patients. These are people who are you know probably already uh, beat COVID, but like they they are still at home because of the lockdowns. And, but like they still want to get tested uh, for other things uh, as well. Now, the the last part of this is something that sort of a bugbear for me. A lot of countries now are starting to implement vaccine passports, and uh, that is uh, that could be an issue, to say the least, mm. because there is the, that that centralization of power is not something that is good. Um, that's why EMR is actually part of this as well, because you know your vaccine records are actually your electronic medical record as well, um, and uh, you know making it portable, making it uh, uh, provable on blockchain, and making it. Uh, into something that is not directly related to your KYC. uh like uh, if it gets uh, yeah, something that you can show that, yeah, I'm, I've already been vaccinated, for example, um, would be a step in the right direction. Although, you know, I, I still don't like even the concept of vaccine passports, but at least when you have it in a way that is more decentralized, um, that would actually uh, help in, you know, not ensuring the centralization of power in, like, just one group of people, or one, like, you know, like this. This is this is sort yeah. of um, it's it's not political. I promise. This is focused on, you know, the security of it all. Uh, having uh, data in one place is simply not a very good idea. Having data in your place, basically having data sovereign to you, is the way to go. And uh, this allows it while well, still making it affordable.
2: Wow, that is fantastic. Just before we get out of here, I just want a quick personal question for you, Poppy. as as being an advisor for this, is what you've seen and what people have have asked of you, where do you see DeBio out in a year's time, like from the medical side?
3: Sure, it's a breakthrough, I think, because we need uh, this kind of platform. It's the peace of mind for the customer and also for the researcher when we get can uh, get that aggregated data it is very useful for us to develop for example vaccine for the COVID-19 because we already have that such data like like the database of the genome of those people who wants to uh, contribute on that that's really important knowing yourself and also contributing to the humanities I think it's very cool and um, you don't need to be worried about your data uh privacy because blockchain will help you on
2: this. Absolutely. I'm so glad you guys were around with here. A new episode of New Amsterdam Radio. If I wanted to learn more, I and mean, it was there's a lot of information about this testing, but I want to learn more about that and the debio network, how would I go about doing that?
1: You can actually just go to debio.network or just Google DeBio network uh you you would be able to find us uh so um on, on that site there's a white paper which is sort of like our primary concept there's a deck uh, there's an overview of the concept in a, in a more visual way uh we also have a blog which is blog.bbio.network uh, that you can go through uh, there's a lot of uh discussions there that are actually very interesting we've uh, spoken about like U.S. healthcare data controversy about the conflicting the conflicting ownership rights between patients and physicians. We uh, explained further about for your uh, for your minded audience the the bio architecture uh, um, and like what the, what why we chose the technologies that we chose. Uh, there's a uh, also a section about how dbio basically revolutionized genomic research and that's all on blog.dbio.network and i think
2: that would be interesting for you to visit yeah and also if you go to the Network and hit that link on the bottom you can join the discord and get discussion in live time i'm there i'm not sure what i'm doing i'd like to watch and listen to discussions <laughs> usually i'll say something maybe <laughs> but make sure you check that out uh so until next time this is new Amsterdam radio the podcast for creatives this city is yours
0: Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio.
1: Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's knewamsterdam.com. dot Until next time, this city is yours.